Welcome to the Artist Mentorship Podcast, powered by Marketing with Wisdom. We're here to help Christian artists and songwriters connect, cultivate, and collaborate. I'm Kennedy. And I'm Tyler. Let's get started. Hey, yo, we're back. Woohoo! We are back in action. Welcome to another episode of the Artist Mentorship Podcast, powered by Marketing with Wisdom. One dollar! <laughs> That's all it costs to change your life. Um, how's everybody doing? How you doing, Kennedy, my lovely co-host? I am doing really good. We have just been, as you know, you know, just powering on through that healthy lifestyle. Yes. And yesterday I completed, you don't even know this yet, my 15th Orange Theory class. Very nice. 15th. We now, were explain what Orange Theory health. is, just in case people so don't So in know. case you don't do Orange Theory, um... After, like, the whole quarantine of sitting basically in our beds for a few months, we were like, you know what? We're going to get out. We're going to go do some stuff. Tyler runs three miles a day, and I do Orange Theory, which is a 60-minute workout where you have a personal trainer kind of teaching all of you as a class. So you go hard for 60 minutes. It is, like, non-stop, and the whole concept is to get your heart rate into the orange for as long as possible and to not let your heart rate drop. So that way you not only burn, I think I burned 622 calories last night, something like that in one hour. Not only that, but then you go into the afterburn effect where you're burning calories for like a really Mm. long, for I think 36 hours after. Afterburn. I like that. It's called the afterburn. That'll preach, babe. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Coach Lauren. (laughs) So um, essentially that is my big win, I think, for this, that creating like some new habits that we've really stuck to and uh, I know that you're running you've had you've hit some yeah, I don't know if I necessarily feel the victory in my heart like you do uh, <laughs> but I am doing it um the afterburn I have not yet found you've got it but I believe it's out there <laughs> um but yes we you know maybe you out there in podcast land are in the middle of your artistic journey and you are also trying to get shape inside as well as outside Uh, And we hope that this episode will serve as a launching pad to kind of take you to the next level, which I think it actually will, because this is probably one of my favorite episodes we've done. Now, granted, we've only done like um, a handful, but... uh, But it's really good. Yes, I'd rather say that now. If we'd done a hundred, it would be really good. Yeah, it would still be up there. I'm feeling pretty confident in that. We got to interview Carrie and Cody Carnes. Yeah. And uh, very excited. They were awesome. A lot of times when you get to meet people um, at this level in their field, in their expertise, you never know. It's kind of a luck of the draw (laughs) what they will be like. If if your heart will be crushed. Yes. Um, And this was a a very good surprise that they were awesome, genuinely, um, and that their answers are very genuine. Um, And we were talking about this earlier. It's very cool to hear their point of view because it doesn't sound like a point of view that comes from reading a book. It sounds like it actually came from life experiences, good and bad and in between. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think y'all are going to love it. Yeah, I think you're going to you're really going to enjoy it. Um, We obviously we lead worship all the time. We're around a lot of people and to hear some people with a really fresh and really genuine um you on worship leading and people who who have done this for years and years and years and it's not grown familiar to them and they haven't you know they've they've done the work to to keep that flame burning and and even in a lot of situations to make sure they don't have resentment or bitterness um 
that has, they've really stewarded that well Yeah. to be really pure and it's amazing. So even if you've heard a million podcasts on leading worship and all that kind of stuff, songwriting, this one is really going to be special. For sure. I love it. So, you ready to get started? Yeah. Let's enjoy. Woo. All right. Here we are with Carrie and Cody Carnes. Thank Woo. you guys so much for joining us today. This is a big deal for us. Yeah. Wait, so good course. to be here. Yeah. We're excited. <laughs> um, well, we'll go ahead and just jump right in. We know that y'all have a very busy schedule and there's a lot of hectic stuff going on in the world right now. Um, so we just want to provide a little bit of insight for indie artists, indie worship leaders who are just in either the beginning stages of deciding to take the leap into full-time either music ministry or maybe music recording, or maybe they've been doing it a couple years, haven't found some traction yet. And one of the first things we really wanted to get your insight on is if you could change anything about the first two years of you getting involved of the music industry, what would those things be? If you could do anything different. Ooh, good question. <laughs> we said they'd be easy, but maybe we... Wow. Okay, let's think about that. First two years, when was that? It's different for both of us. It so, is different. Don't give um, my age away. <laughs> uh, my first initial thought when when you were asking that was um, I would have quit striving, and mm-hmm. because God was doing all kinds of things that I couldn't see, and um, and I actually started I started to like sign this record deal, um, and I got everybody down the road like. I had all these meetings and things, but like literally did not have peace, but I, and I knew I didn't have peace, but I kept like at the process of it because I just had wanted it so much. And, um, this is when I was like mid twenties and the, the like angst in my soul would not go away. And I ended up having to like tell everyone guys, I can't sign this. I don't have peace. I can't figure out why. Um, I mean, we had like the producer booked. We had the studio booked. We, they were just waiting on me to sign the contract with the label. And I just had to say, God's not giving me peace and I have to wait. And I literally, what's weird is I had to wait two more years before it came around again, but I had to just follow my peace. And what was really cool in that season was the songs that I wrote in that space. Uh, I wouldn't have written them. And then those songs I wrote in that two year period became like launching pads that God used for like stuff I'm still doing today. So I just would tell someone like, just follow your peace and don't, don't do anything out of striving but God doesn't put those deep desires in your heart to do like do music at the capacity you want to do it. He doesn't put those desires to trick you. So there's a reason you, you feel wired to do it that way or wanting to do it that way. But I just would say, don't strive in it. Like wait for God's timing and just be, be writing and be doing your music as if you were signed so that you're ready to go when you, when, like if that were to happen, you know? Yeah. It's great. You, you, any door that you force open, you have to keep open and any door that God opens, he, he's responsible to keep it open. And so it's yeah. a lot easier to do it his way, you know? And, uh, if I think about the first two years of me in the quote unquote, like professional full-time music, music industry, funny enough, it was playing for Carrie 
And so she hired me to be in her band. And that was like the first two years of me kind of really starting to fully songwrite like songs that were actually people wanted to sing and, you know, uh, being full-time on the road with her being, being like part-time at church, um, serving there. So, and what's funny is I remember those first two years being like, all right, this is it. All my dreams about to come true. I'm about to move to Nashville. I'm about to sign a big old record. You know, that thing you think of like, this is it, this is it. And then about two years in, uh, God said, Hey, I want you to go to Phoenix, Arizona and be the worship pastor at a church plant. Uh, and it was a, it was a, it was a plant that our church in Dallas was planning. And I, I remember thinking like, Mm-mm, this is not what I had planned. You yeah. said, this is not the, like, I, I literally felt like I was like climbing this golden ladder and then you're just telling me to like jump off of it and actually throw it away, you know? Yeah. And, uh, I remember in that season was hard for me because I knew that God was calling me to do it. So I did it out of pure obedience. Like I'm only going here because you're telling me to, I literally have no idea why I don't want to. And I remember in that season, the first six months of living in Phoenix, God had me lay down all of my desires. He had me lay it all down. He, like he, I remember him telling me, I want you to get to the point where if you never pick this back up again, you're okay with that. And, uh, and that was really, really hard to do. And when I got to that point, uh, I, I actually felt this freedom. I felt this burden kind of lift off of me of like, okay, God, if I never pick this back up again, I'm cool with that. If I live in Phoenix for the next 40 years of my life, I'm cool with that, you know, and if that's what you want me to do. And it was amazing to see when you lay them down and you let God, you put them in God's hands at that point. And then when he gives them back to you, how much like greater and much more fruit that they bear in that, in that way. And I think that's a process as, as creatives that we kind of all have to go through. We all have to go through that season of like, if you're doing this God's way, God's going to ask you to, to really kind of like die to all your, like not your desires. Cause my desires, the things I'm doing now I was desiring back then, but it's almost like die to your way of thinking that you have to do it all like all by yourself and you have to make it happen. And if I think about, if I would have come to Nashville at 22 and signed a record deal at that time. And like she said, like the songs I had at the time, they weren't good. And if I would have made an album or two in that season, not really knowing how to write songs yet, I actually probably would have been more detrimental for me because I would have made two bad albums more than likely. And that actually would have, I would have had to do more work to regain that than, than just starting from a great place with great songs uh, five years later, six years later, you know? So God's way was so much better. And, you know, I went to Phoenix. I was there for three years. We ended up actually dating while I was there that, you know, we didn't know that was going to happen. I didn't know that God was saying, Hey, don't go do this yet because you know, I'm, bring, I'm bringing you two together <laughs> you do this together in the right way. You can start yeah. off on the right foot. I didn't know all that. Yeah. So there's yeah. things that you don't know that God has planned and he has good things planned for you. That's all you got to know. He yeah. has good things planned for you. And if you do it his way, it does take longer and that sucks. Yeah. But it's so much better. Totally. when he does it and the, all along the way we just serve in local church we're still serving in local I was church gonna say that yeah so important to just serve where you're planted god says that those who plant in the house of god will flourish and just serving staying planted in the house that's what we've done this whole time we're still doing that and we will always do that no matter what so there's just beauty in that and just being faithful where god has you uh, i just watched and, i watched that firsthand you know you watched that firsthand yeah 
and be faithful with it. Like be a hundred percent in. don't, don't have your one foot in while you're waiting for the other thing to happen. Like God, I think you actually kind of go in that like 40 years in the wilderness circle. If you do that, just be a hundred percent in where you are right now and trust God with the rest. Submit, submit to leadership. You know, Um, one of the, I, I had leaders in my life all the way through of like, Hey, this is what I'm being presented with. Do you feel that this is right for me? Yeah. And and there were times where my leadership was like, I know that that's on your life, and I know that you're going to travel, and God's got this on your life. But I actually don't feel that yet. I think you should. We just need to keep, you know, um, doing stuff here at the church. I remember my pastor said that to me. Um, gosh, I was like probably 25. And um, I remember it was the longest walk back to my little cubicle office at the church. And I got there and I closed the door and I faced the wall and I just sat there and cried my eyes out. And I remember, I I just remember it like it was yesterday because I remembered saying, God, why is this burning in my spirit so much? Like, why is the global church burning in my heart? And he's like, because I put that burn there, but it's not time yet. And I mean, then I, I wrote like, you are for me. I wrote some other songs that just became major anthems for my own heart that, you know, I go back to thinking, wow, God, like, I'm just so thankful. I trusted the journey. I trusted my pastors. I stayed planted in the house. It's just, God, God will always honor that. Yeah. And you guys are both talking about, I think so many timelines that didn't go the way that you would have done it. And so letting go of that element of control, because I think with everyone, it's always, I mean, you were saying you were 25, which is not old by any means, but you were ready. You know, you felt it. You've been waiting. But yeah, you're not. No, no. But you've probably been waiting for like 10 years at that point, feeling ready. And I think what's so cool about God's timelines is that we're never behind. Like he can always make up the difference. It's like accelerating those starting later, but making it so much more fruitful and, and so, so much in his timing. And so us being able to let go of the control of when. Yeah. Yes. Because when God's in it and God breathes on it, you don't, you don't need to build up to that. Exactly. God God breathes on something like it'll go around the world super fast and it'll do what it's supposed to do. And you make up for all that. And so you want, you want God's timing and you want God to, be behind it and to breathe yeah. on it and, and to do what he's going to do with it. It's way better that way. you know. Well, I'm going to move around the order of our questions um, real quick, just because you were mentioning that. So obviously, speaking of songs that God breathes on quickly, the blessing, mm-hmm. um, obviously the co-write heard round the world during quarantine. <laughs> and we obviously, we've all gotten to see, we saw the first YouTube video, then everyone got to see what we rarely get to be a part of the actual process. Mm -hmm. Um, and so that's obviously amazing. And we've gotten to see way more than we usually would, but that was a very special co-write and Mm -hmm. it's more than a co-write, but we wanted to kind of ask your best, um, advice for co-writing because obviously there's an art to that. It's a lot easier to write by yourself. It's a lot less vulnerable. It's a lot less, a lot of things. (laughs) Um, but it can also be, uh, you can also be missing out on a lot. Um, so what are your best, um, words of advice, I guess, for co-writes and practical or, you know, mystical, whichever way you want to go with it. I love it. (laughs) Yeah. Co-writing is, um, all those things. It, It can be so vulnerable. And so, you know, 
the the initial like connection with people you know sometimes you connect and you you write really well together and other times it's just hard you're like i have some friends they write super well together and then we try and it doesn't work very well you know it's like so interesting but um i think one of the the best things with co-writing i do a lot of co-writing um is just like-minded people you know people that are passionate about the same things or similar things so like sitting down with pastor steven and chris elevation all four of us our goal in our writing was to think about our local church would our local church sing this and um and that's honestly elevation writes like that hillsong writes like that bethel writes like that we all write for our people like the people that god's entrusted us with in our local churches if you think too far outside of that, I think it squelches creativity, honestly, because it's just, that's a lot of people to think about, you know? But if you're writing with- If you write a song that you think, we got to make this song go around the world in 30 days, <laughs> it's not going to happen. And it's definitely not what we did in that scenario. Yeah. <laughs> you're not thinking, I mean, you want it to, you want it to have an impact that impacts people's hearts everywhere, all over the world. That is like, that is, that is part of my heartbeat. Like, it's part of our heartbeat for the church, you know, that we write stuff that that really connects with the church. And a lot of us too that that you know get to write worship songs in this season. It, it feels like such a a privilege and an honor to to be able to lean in and ask the, the Father, like, what do you want to say to the church? You know, but it's not our responsibility to write for the whole church. We just have to be responsible to be good stewards of the people that. You know, we get to lead week in and week out. So um, one other thing I was just going to say, because I know you're going to just drop a bomb and it's going to be <laughs> the best wisdom. I go first and then he goes and I'm like, oh, I, I should have let him answer that. <laughs> I just always, um, my heart in, in co-writing is to always bring just at least a burden for something of like praying into it and asking the Holy Spirit, what do you want to, like, what can I bring to the table today? Because I want to bring something. So I might not bring the melody. I might not bring the, all, the, all the lyrics. And I definitely am not bringing the piano playing skills. So, <laughs> uh, but I do always try to come with just a burden in my spirit. If this is what I feel like the Father, like this is what I feel like the Lord's wanting to say or a theme that's just burn, been burning in my heart. And um that's always helpful for me going into something like that. Yeah. I think the, the why behind co-writing is it's really beautiful to get other people's perspectives on things. And if, you know, like she said, if you're writing with people that, you know, if you're not polar opposite on theological views and if you're not polar opposite on creativity and you're not polar opposite on how you think about the church, I mean, those, it's going to be hard to kind of come together with, with your different views. But yeah. if you're, if you're like-minded, but you, you have different perspectives, that's what makes co-writing really beautiful is because people think of things that you wouldn't have thought of and they come right. up with things that you wouldn't have thought of. And there's a collaboration, like, like you get to be like on the blessing, like my perspective got to be one fourth of the whole pie, the whole picture. Yeah. And only one fourth of that perspective would, would, it's like, I don't know. It just wouldn't be what it is if you didn't have everybody's lives coming together. And so that's, that's why you should do it. I think, um, I think it's good to write by yourself too, but I, I think, you know, 
practically, I think always come prepared. Just always, always come prepared with something. Having, a, I like to have a couple ideas to to start with, and and they may not be good, and we may not use them, but at least I had something in my spirit. Like I want to, I think we should maybe try this today, so that if it comes down to I'm the only one that came prepared, well, then at least we have something to start with. You know, okay. just just come prepared, and then just always be open minded. Like always be. There's a there's a tension in co-writing of like when you feel you feel the the thing that's really burning in your heart, you feel the passion of like, a lot of times you don't, you don't like want to deviate from that because you're like, man, I know this could be really good. This could be really great. But also understand that the people that are with you, they also have the same passion about what they think and what they see. And if everyone is listening to each other and if everyone is open-minded and if everyone is like, expect the person across the table from you to have a better idea, you know, Ex- have that expectation to go, yeah. I'm walking into this, but I'm actually going to honor and respect the gift on your life so much that I'm just going to listen a lot too. Like, I don't, yeah. you know, I don't want to come in like spearheaded thinking that don't walk in thinking that you're the best writer in the room. Like, even if somebody else would say that you are whatever that you should never have that perspective. You should never have that. Yeah. Like my idea is better. We're going to run, you know, that kind of thing. If everyone walks in with that kind of open heartedness, there's, it's always so much better that way. And yeah. things actually get produced yeah. because you're, you're willing to lay your idea down. There's so many times I've come with an idea that I really thought was great. And I've, and I haven't really been willing to lay it down and I've been kind of like stuck in my way and it just stifled the whole atmosphere of the, of the right versus the times that I was like, Hey, you know what? Maybe let's go somewhere different. And then 30 minutes later, I was shocked and surprised at where the idea had gone. And I actually really loved it, but yeah. it's because I had to give it a chance. You know, yeah. I had to give it a chance to breathe. So I think just um, having a servant heart too. Uh, communication is really key with a co-write, like having the expectation of like, are we writing this for the church? Are we writing this for someone's project? You know, are we just having those things up front because it can get awkward later if you don't like kind of set sure. the the um, expectations of what's you know we've we've kind of had to reference those kinds of things before. Of um, we know we were going in with this in mind, so we need to honor that. Like we know we were writing with your project in mind, so we want to honor if you want to use this first. We want to honor that you know, and, um, it's just good. It just, you're, yeah. you want to stay friends. You want, you don't want it to be weird and yeah. just good communication is so key. Yeah. Awesome. And then one more question about that, that wasn't on here. I'd be super interested because you guys have obviously written lots of songs, um, with the blessing. Did you feel like in the moment when you're right, you're like, Oh, this is going to be like a special one. Cause I feel like sometimes we think someone, some are going to be special fall totally. Yeah. It's special to me and no one else. I am its mom. Um, I am its mom. (laughs) Did did you guys have that feeling or was it a surprise? Uh, I think that we did to a certain degree, not, not what it, not to the level that the song has gone around the world. We didn't have that instinct, but I think it's because we've learned to not really have that. Yeah. Like, don't get caught up because then you end up getting frustrated with things. Like yeah. if you set your expectations super high, yeah. I think like she said in the beginning, like our heart was just to serve our church yeah, and, and those people. And we didn't really get beyond that. And that's actually, I think a healthy place to stay yeah. is to say, I know that this is, I know this, I love this song. I know that this is special to me. I can see my church singing this and really being impacted by this. Great. And then anything beyond that is just like icing on the cake. Anything that God wants to do yeah is just 
is just icing on the cake. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it's also very fulfilling to write a song that blesses your church and yeah. no one else, <laughs> you know, that's still a very fulfilling. Like we love, we have those songs in our church that haven't really gone outside of our church, but they have rocked our church Yeah, and they have, there's like testimonies and I mean, and that's so fulfilling for us. I yeah. think it's just, yeah. just setting your sights on, on what it is and not letting yourself kind of get, get beyond that. Cause then it's fun. If God does something more, it's like, you just yeah. feel like you're on this roller coaster ride of like, you wake up every day, like, the blessing we wake up every day and be like did you see that somebody did like a hebrew version in the oh, original language amazing i so much no <laughs> it's wild because we had written a different song for like eight hours before we wrote the blessing so by that time we were all kind of like fried a little bit but we were like we've got to lean in on this there's there's just something uh powerful that feels like is on this you know and so i do remember that feeling and then I didn't realize, I just didn't realize how much I was going to like it until they, their team is amazing. They stayed up for hours and hours and hours and sent us a demo at like, what, one in the morning. Mm-hmm. And we had already written for 12 hours that day. Oh and so their team stayed and like dialed it in and got it set and sent it to us at like one in the morning. And I was crawling into bed and I, I grabbed my AirPods and I, I li- actually, you were like, you didn't. You need to listen to this. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay. So I put the AirPods in. He pushes play, and I just warm tears just went down my face in the bed, and I just was like, "Wow, this feels really sweet. Like yeah. this feels really sweet. Like yeah. the heart of God over His kids. I'm like, oh, this just feels really sweet. So I couldn't wait to do it on the weekend, you know, and just sing it over the room and. Yeah. And we actually only did it on the weekend because the thought behind that was like, well, you guys are here already leading. Why don't we just do this Why don't song? we try it? Yeah. yeah. It wasn't even like, we're going to write a song on Thursday. We're going to lead it in church on Sunday. It wasn't, it, it was just, you, you, when you're on this journey with God creating, you just kind of go one step at a time and you let one thing lead you to the next thing, lead you to the next thing. You know, and we look back now and we see the 10 steps between writing it and even leading it on Sunday, the 10 steps between that and then the 10 steps between leading it on Sunday and releasing it on Friday on YouTube. Like, but all along the way, we never had that in mind. We just kind of went one step at a time and, and yeah. kind of leading us to do it. And so, yeah, we were thinking, you know, Pastor Steven said, why don't, what if we led this this weekend? We never do that. We never lead a song that fast, but you guys are here. We don't know when you'll be back. Like, why don't we just do it? You know, like, okay, let's just do it. Yeah. And then Sunday morning after we led the 1130 service, we kind of were all in the green room like, what? We're just, just happy. <laughs> and Chris, Chris Brown and I sit down at the lunch table and I go, Chris, dude, I think we got to release this. And I was like, I know I have a record coming out in two weeks. I know you guys have a record coming out in four weeks. I don't know what that means. I don't really care. I think that we have to release this. That was so, it was just kind of one step at a time, you know, in conversation. Yeah. So it's just, that's just how, how it goes. You just have to kind of be obedient to what you feel like God's leading you yeah. to the next step and, see what happens yeah it's such a special song obviously and it came out like right before quarantine so then it was amazing and then the whole one of the churches that we lead at we have done it honestly what this sunday is the fifth time they love this song they always schedule it like they pick the songs i'm like all right we're going again the blessing (laughs) um but what's so cool is that during quarantine obviously it was pre-recorded so you're singing to an empty room and it's still amazing but when we finally got a room full of people, 
I was like, oh, this is the part of the song. Like being able to see the faces that you're praying over and your yes. family and your family and you, you know, and there were yes. so powerful to be able to attach those prayers. And I even see like the congregation, you know, praying that over us and us praying it over them and just a really cool, yeah, yeah. like, you know, cylindrical. I don't know if cylinder, like, you know what I'm saying. That's a fantastic yeah. word. If that's so not really cylindrical. It is funny how this song has gone around the world in a time where churches that we haven't been together, we've just yeah. been together because Carrie and I have only led this song with people twice. Yeah. So this song has gone around the world and back a few times and we've only led it twice. Cylindrical is a word. It is Woo! A word. Does it mean what it does it mean the right <laughs> parallel sides and a circular cross section in the shape or form of a cylinder? <laughs> All right. Cross section, did you hear me? Story I love that like we're gonna we're going to get an even a new experience with this song when people yeah. start together more yes. even we are like we we haven't really led this song with people very much yes. and and usually if a song does this you've led it a thousand times by now and it's kind of old to us there's such a fresh like thing that's going to happen when we get to actually be in the room with people again and lead it and everyone knowing it and like we don't even we can't even fathom what that's going to be like but so it's cool. going to be amazing so cool that's awesome our artist highlight for this week is obviously the wonderful Carrie Job and Cody Carnes. We want to highlight a song that if you have not heard it, where are you? Where have you been living? Um, or maybe I'm impressed by you because you're just so disconnected by the from the world and you're just enjoying your life. Either way, this song is a major, major blessing and it's been heard around the world. Um, even if you've heard it a million times, I want to encourage you to go listen again. Let it wash over you. The blessing. I know that obviously y'all have through the years traveled a lot, a whole lot of different denominations. I know obviously you were involved with Gateway for a long time. Now you're at The Belonging. You've done stuff with Bethel, Passion. You're very well-rounded in the, the cylindrical view of, uh, <laughs> of your experiences. Um, I know there's a lot of artists who are really into, first of all, just the idea of a tour life. Or maybe they're on like the contractor side of that, whether it be just the musician side or, or traveling to do youth camps, whatever it may be. And I know this answer may have changed through the years, but what things have you learned in being in different houses of the Lord that have different expectations, some maybe different doctrine, and you're having to serve that house while simultaneously being authentically you? How have you found that balance um, I know I'm sure 10 years ago, you probably had a different answer than you have now. And they'll probably change again in 10 years because that's an evolving thing. Uh, but what would be some of your thoughts on that? 
First of all, if you're wanting to be in the touring life, uh, a production friend of ours started a hashtag called Tour Showers. And he takes videos of all the terrible showers you have to shower. Amazing. And it's hilarious because it shows the not so glamorous life of traveling. Hashtag <laughs> real talk. <laughs> I need to follow that. Shower shoes. There have been multiple times, multiple times in life where you're like staring at the shower thinking, do I really need a shower? You're like, I could go. I could go a third day, I think. I, I think I'd be day. cleaner not taking a shower <laughs> in that. Try shampoo. Thank you. Yes. shampoo. Yes. Yes. There's a sink over there. It looks <laughs> really bad. <laughs> like, no. That's real. Uh -oh. um, <laughs> yeah, I love this question because I love the church. I just love the church. I love every denomination. I love... I just love people that want to connect with God and that's going to look and sound and feel different to every single human being. And, and so um, I think the, be the beauty of getting to lead worship is, is that we get to serve people. And so um, I think just always having that mindset that you want to serve whatever, however people will eat. So like if you, just knowing people, just like being sensitive to a room, being sensitive to how they connect with God and, and just serving that and not having a prideful or a personal like um, vendetta to like getting a point across or, you know, I love to spin around and jump around and run around. And I, but there, there are moments where I'm at a church that that's not super um, comfortable for people. And so I dial it back because I don't want to get in the way of them encountering Jesus because mm -hmm. I know that, that he's going to meet with them in the way that they're asking. And do I know that there's more for them? Yeah. But what if like, yeah, there's that such an all encompassing question Like you just got to be sensitive to your room and not, not distract from like people being able to receive because they're distracted by like lots of things going on. And then those rooms where more things are, people are, the culture of that room is a little more apt to certain things. I just, I go all out, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and I think the people in the room that, um, where maybe it's a little more tame or however you want to call it, just reserved, uh, that's a good word for it, conservative, whatever. Um, I think they honor, I think they respect the fact that, that I'm, like serving them in the way that they're comfortable with it. You know, they probably know that I would love to spin around and like jump around and run around the room. But I, I just think it's important to like always respect people, you know, I hope that makes sense. Just yeah, yeah. it's important to serve. It's, it's the same as like being a worship pastor at your local church and you, you maybe have a favorite song you're doing and that's not your, your pastor's favorite song. Maybe your pastor's favorite song is a different song that you don't even actually it's really like. As the deer. <laughs> I love that song. Yeah. I do love that song too. <laughs> but, but if he's like, can you do that song? You're like, we just did that song for four weeks. El Shaddai. The Blessing. And you're People like, are already tired of it. We haven't even tired of it. We just did yet. that for four weeks. I was like, do it again. And you're like, yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. I will do it again. You know, it's like just serving 
God honors that. It's that's just as much worship as like whatever expression of worship you you like to have. It's 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 ultimately our job as worship leaders to serve God, serve people, and help them connect together. It, there, there's two analogies I love to answer this question. There's one analogy of like a swimming pool of like, you know, there's different, there's different levels of foot depth in a swimming pool. If you have, if you've got one feet in the shallow and you've got 10 feet in the deep end, um, when you're stepping into different environments, you kind of have to know how to assess where, where the people are. And that doesn't mean, that's not a shameful thing if they're in the shallow end or they're better if they're in the deep. It's not anything like that. It's just where are they at in this? And the analogy is like, if they're at, if they're at two feet deep, then I can't take them to 10 because like if I, if I had a, you know, if I was had a person that couldn't, couldn't swim, I would not take them to the deep end. I would keep them right there. But I am as a leader, I am going to try to maybe take them to three feet deep. I'm going to try to maybe meet them where they are and maybe try to just take them a little bit deeper than they've been before and lead them somewhere that leads them to the next level than, you know, down the road. Like I'm kind of there, I'm there in that moment. If you're traveling and touring, I'm there in that moment to lead those people at the, on that day at that time in their lives and their journey. And so let, what, what can I do to like, like a baton, just like take the baton and take them a little further and then hand it off to whatever, you know, and so that's kind of our perspective. That's why we don't just go all out deep in if we're not in that kind of environment, because we would just distract people. We'd freak them out. They don't understand the heart. They don't understand. They haven't had those experiences that tell them that that's actually authentic and legit, which we feel like it is. But if you haven't had that experience, you're actually just going to walk away from like, I, didn't, I missed all everything God was trying to do for me in that moment. I missed it. Cause, yeah. So our, we're ultimately, and the second analogy I love is like as a worship leader, we're like a server at a restaurant mm-hmm. where you're you're serving at a like I like to think there's this restaurant in Arizona where we go and it's like low candlelight. You can't even really see anything but the person right in front of you. And there's a server there that's a good friend of mine that he comes up and he he comes and he like fills your water glass and you don't even realize it. Like he gives, he set, he sets your plates down and you have everything you need. You're never lacking anything. You always have what you need, but you never really see him. He's never stealing attention away from me and Carrie having this moment together. And I think that's, that's the role as a worship leader is to come in and serve. You've got the bride, you've got the bride and Christ that are meeting together. And my job is to come in and make sure you have everything you need without stealing attention away from myself. It's not about me. It's not about my desires. It's not about what I want. It's not about what, what I prefer. That's when you start seeing like, the tension happened. Right. My job is to serve. And if that means that, that, that pastor Jim wants as the deer for the fourth time in a row this week, yeah. I'm going to come up with a cool, probably creative way to do it. That might be awesome. Yeah. You know, and that's my, that's my job, you know, but I, and, <laughs> and if that's, if that's what the people that I'm called to lead in this season really connect with, if I feel the connection there, then it's my job to do it, you know? And, um, it makes me laugh because, um, I'll just say it. So Pastor Robert Morris, when we were at Gateway, um, he loved this song called Great I Am, Jared Anderson. And um, he wanted it like lots of weeks, kind of like this situation. And there was one week that one of the drummers was like, hey, let's do it like a different version. Like, let's change this. Let's do this. Let's do that. And so I was like, yeah, let's do it. So we do it. Well, after the first service, Pastor Robert was like, hey, oh, man, worship was really good, but Great I Am just felt so different. Like, 
is there any way to just not do it like that? Can we go back? Like, that's my favorite song. Like, can we? And and I realize like he's connecting to the Lord before he preaches with that song. Yeah. So changing it too much just didn't feel like his favorite song, you know. So, and I remember just thinking, yes, sir, I'll do that. And I didn't I didn't say what well, the drummer had the idea and that you know it wasn't my fault. Like no, I just was like, yes, sir, I'll make sure it happens, yeah. you know. And I went back, told the team, they were like, yeah, great. Didn't tell them really why, but I just said, let's just go back to the other. And I, I always just think back to that of like, I could have gotten really defensive. I could have like been embarrassed, but I thought, no, I'm supposed to serve. So like I'm serving him so he can get up and preach. Yeah. And so like, yeah, so I, I, it's good. It's good to serve. It's, um, it's It can feel exposing it can feel like uncomfortable at times because we don't really we're not doing everything we maybe would want to do but mm -hmm. if it's serving the purpose of what god wants to do in the room then that's and there's a lot of room in there for you to do what you love to do it's oh, not like 100%. you're you're tied down and you can't do any like there's a lot of room for your own creativity and god actually has you in that position till he does people to bring everything that you are to that so you got to bring everything that you are to it as well but when it comes to like the decision of do I do what the people need or do I do what I want, then it's always do what the people need, you know? So. And thinking, I feel like you guys are saying too, there's always more to be found within that song. Like you can, it's sort of like a, uh, we've been in those situations where you're having to do either a song that you necessarily don't love. Um, I remember there was a specific fast song at a church that they loved to do. They wanted to do it every time. And I was determined I was going to make this fast song that to me was very, surface level we were gonna go in i was like all right we're going <laughs> this song is gonna be it and i remember i hated leading it and tyler after we started dating was like i always love when you lead that song because it feels so special when you lead it and i was like we did it <laughs> being able to being able to challenge yourself as a worship leader as this may not be like my favorite song, but I can find something in it that compels me to worship. And in that, you know, invite other people into, into that journey. Um, yeah. So I love that too, yeah. that sometimes the pastors making us do songs over and over again is like every time finding something new in it. What was that fast song that you were talking about? Okay. So it was um, Brighter by uh, Young and Free. Okay, yeah. And brighter than any start, let the music play. And we were leading it for, it wasn't always, it was like a an adult congregation. <laughs> so they just, ha our worship leader at the time or our head of our department just loved th that song as an opener. And yeah. everyone just kind of like stood like this. Yeah. So yeah. it wasn't like they were really getting it. It uh -huh. happened to be a great opener. Yeah. Um, so, but we <laughs> but got in, in fairness, she sang it like she was singing Draw Me Close. <laughs> <laughs> I, I never down, turn the light down. man when yeah. kennedy sings this song she loves this song like, you mean like heart in like fully <laughs> let the music play i was like man she is in on this that's awesome <laughs> i really love the fact that y'all talked about um with with pastor robert morris where there was a a, a need to make a quick shift and not throwing your leader under the bus when yeah. explaining it to band and say, I know a lot of times leaders, when you're dealing with band and singers and you're kind of, you're kind of like the peacekeeper in the middle because you're the only pinpoint of communication. 
if you wouldn't mind just expounding a little bit on that, some helpful tips to what, when you're the person in the middle to help let the band or whoever it is understand the situation, not being like a slave driver, letting them understand while simultaneously not using scapegoats as either the board or whoever it may be of that church. And that was such a respectful answer that you had too, because you obviously were able to understand why he wanted to change it without him having to explain that, like kind of. Yeah. Well, it helped knowing that that was one of his favorite songs at the time, you know, and really our job, like he said, is to set the tone for the, what, what the Lord wants to do. So as the worship leader, we're there to serve our pastor, you know, something I think is so key and so important in that role that would help, I think would help with, with those dynamics is relationship. So having good relationship with your pastor, and if you don't have that fight for it, Mm -hmm. buy for it, ask for it. Um, If that means having a a group, a party or something where your pastor feels comfortable, where there's just deeper friendship and relationship. That's so, it's just so important. And then vice versa on the other side, just being, having those team nights where it's not always you're having to have that work hat on and that pastoral hat, but having relationship where they really know you and, and know your heart because when you have those those um, work moments and it, and it has to be something quick where you don't always have time to explain or or bring everyone around just to say hey I know you trust me uh, we need to do this I can explain later but right now we got to change the song back and um, let's just do it let's make it happen I can explain later and then later you just say we're here to serve and Pastor Robert loves that song. It's just one of his favorite songs, and he loves the version that we usually do. So it kind of hit him. It was like a curveball a little bit, and and it's not it's not dishonoring anybody. It's it's it is good to be transparent to like let people know what's happening. I think sometimes people are afraid to speak the truth. But uh, we were with the Helsers recently, and we just love them so much. And we were talking about team dynamics, pastoral dynamics, and. They were talking about how so often as leaders, we shy away from conflict and hard conversations, but actually conflict in relationship, every time the fruit of it is deeper intimacy with people and more trust. And so if you are able to have good conflict resolution and just honest conversations, it just, it helps tear down those walls. It helps people know your heart. And yeah, I think it's just good to be a, a transparent upfront leader. And, um, you know, I had equity with our worship team to be able to say to them without hurting anyone's feelings, Hey, we got to change it back. Let's change back the, um, the production. Do you have the tracks from the other, from the original version? They're like, yes, we do. Like, okay, let's jump, let's jump back. And that was a cool idea, but I don't think it's serving, um, the moment. Yeah. You got to, you got to find ways as a leader to deposit in people's bank accounts, you know, so that when you have to withdraw, there's something there to withdraw and it's not, it's not overdrawing the account. Is that, if that makes sense? Like don't let the only time that you, you would the person be when you're having to have a hard conversation, when you're having to just tell them what to do on a weekend or, Hey, we need to change this song. If that's your only interaction, then literally you're going to be overdrawing that account because there's nothing, but you have to be intentional as a leader to like deposit in the times that you don't think that they matter. Or those times you're like, ah, I just need to get something done. 
no, those, 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 there's windows there. It's like, I'm going to go make a deposit. I'm going to make a deposit here. I'm going to make a deposit here. I'm going to give a compliment. That was really amazing what you did without saying anything else. Like, I don't have anything else to say to you. That was amazing. Good job on that. Like, that was so great. Okay. We're gonna, those are just those little deposits, like that relationship, taking somebody to lunch, to coffee, whatever. Those deposits, you make those um, so that you stock up that account and then you, that you build that trust yeah. and you build that equity. And when you need to have a conversation, there's, there's, there's something there to withdraw from that helps that person still be in stable ground. Their account's still in a stable place. When you withdraw, yeah. you can withdraw something, you know? Good. So. I love it. Yeah. Well, thank you guys so much. This has already been amazing. And we've already, we've gone on a lot of different rabble trails. I know, or rabber trails. You guys like <laughs> rabble rabble trails. I don't know that that one is a word. <laughs> <laughs> that one is not rabbit trails. Yeah. That one for sure. Um, do you guys have, and you may not, so feel free to just say that was amazing. Thanks. Um, do you guys have any last words of anything you, that you feel like you want to share um, before we end today? Yeah, I don't. We just we just miss people. We can't yeah. wait to be in the room with people again and just yeah. What a you know what a curveball. No one knew that that would have to pause. And so, just um, I just I look forward to the church getting to like be together again and have nights of worship. And um, but I I just pray that people that are feeling maybe a deficit in their spiritual walk because they haven't been able to be around a lot of people that, they, that you just would feel really, really uh, met by the presence of God in your home, in your car. And that, um, that this whole, you know, isolation and lonely thing would lift off of your life that you would not feel that in your, in your spiritual walk with the Lord and in your family. So, yeah, I, I, I do know these things will change. This is not our forever. There's no way. And um, so just pray for blessing for you guys. And Yeah, I just want to, I just want to commend and honor all the, the worship leaders and, and, and everybody that's in this time is, is digging in to lead people and, and having to adjust and having to do it. I mean, yeah. that's amazing. And what you're doing is so important it is. and it's so needed. The people that God has called you to lead in this time, uh, it's, it's, it's very ordained by God that you're called to lead those people and you're called to encourage them. You're called to point to Jesus, the hope of Jesus, what God's saying. And so what you're doing is very important and thank you for doing it. And, um, and, you know, I think that God is leading us into just a new level, a a greater depth. Like that's how he does it. The Bible says we go from glory to glory. We go from, so we're not going to go backwards. We're not going down. The church isn't dying. We're, we're, we're not, you know, we're not losing ground. Like God is taking us even in times to look hard. God is always doing something new. and, And so this season is no different. He's taking us to a new level. He's taking us to a new season and it's going to be great. It's going to be good. It's going to, we're getting closer and closer to Jesus coming back. We're getting, we're, we're in our, in our time as the church, we're part of what God's doing right now to literally take the baton to the next thing, the next season. And so it's going to be good. It's not going to be bad. It's going to be great. And um, be encouraged in that, that we're living in exciting times to really be the light of the world and to be, a uh, city on a hill and to be hope to people and to offer people, uh, you know, relationship with Jesus and That's to good. point them to that. So be encouraged in that. And uh, we, we can't wait to, 
be on the road again and get to see you all and come to your cities and yes. please come worship with us on the blessing tour whenever that happens. Yes. You'll get to lead it the third time. Yes. yes, the third, yes the third come, time. come see us lead it the third time. Come worship with us. <laughs> I sell tickets just for that. See them the third the time. Third time <laughs> That's going to be part of the marketing strategy. Yeah, yeah. Yes. The yes. third time it's ever been led live with people. Yes. <laughs> the third time <laughs> well thank you guys again so much this was so great i feel really honestly it was a, it was uh, an honor to talk to you guys and i'm was really blessed by the conversation so thank you yes yeah thank you, thank you guys well, that was so, so good. I hope that you enjoyed it as much as we did. It was a real honor to get to speak to them and leave that conversation having even more respect and admiration for them than when we started. Um, one of my favorite things that Carrie said um, that really spoke to me was talking about how you really have to serve people in a way they can eat. And she was obviously referring to worship leading and going into different cultures and that maybe isn't your, you know, your most um, common expression of worship, but that you are able to prepare that work, that meal in a way that they can eat it. Definitely. And uh, one of those things, one of the things I feel like that really ties into is the artist mentorship itself, because there are a lot of things that maybe you don't know where to start. Maybe you don't know this particular area, but it's a place where you can begin with the elementary things and, and beyond. Yeah. And it really sets a table where you know exactly where to start eating and where to begin. So I really want to encourage you um, to go check that out and see the resources that are available there. Definitely. Yeah. If you're, if you know, your church obviously isn't having services because of what's going on right now with COVID or obviously you can't book a tour, obviously mm -hmm. in some cases you can't even book a co-write. And so yeah. since we're in such a very interesting space and you're trying to figure out, I want to start, but I don't know where, um, this is a good place to start right now with the artist mentorship. Again, if you are, you know, a new listener and you've never heard about this before, if you put in the promo code podcast when you visit the artistmentorship.com you get your first month half off yeah and there is a free trial so if you wanted to like test the waters but then pass that half off your first month when you enter the promo code podcast yeah you can go in that it also sets you up in the future for exclusive webinars and and all of these things that can really help you start where you are. Uh, you don't have to wait to start. You don't have to wait for some special coaching class. You can start right now with archived lessons and conversations that can help you start. And uh, yeah. we think it'll be good start. Yeah. And another thing to add to that is that you can do this all by yourself. Like yes. I know that a lot of times I in particular am all about like rallying the people. So a lot of times I feel limited. Like I can't do it because I can't get someone else on board or I can't do this. But this is something you can do with just you. You can log into all of this. You can learn. You can do the work. And and this is amazing too because since we are in a time still of partial quarantine, there's a lot of things we're learning to do alone. Yeah. So maybe you can normally rally the people. Um, but this is a time you can really invest in you and learn so, so much. Uh, it's really... Lim limitless according mm -hmm. to what you want to do so yeah go check it out yes the artistmentorship.com check it out and let us know what you would like future episodes to be about we want to help serve you in the best way we can so leave us a review contact us check us out share us on instagram yeah share us love us like us 
Give us all your Be attention. Be our friends. Yes, please. We're so lonely here. <laughs> uh, and yeah, we're excited where we're headed. And yeah. um, it's going to be fun. See you next time. Thank you for listening to the Artist Mentorship Podcast, powered by Marketing with Wisdom. For more information on our Artist Mentorship Program, please visit theartistmentorship.com.